Good evening and welcome to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall with you for the next half hour. And then as promised, Leslie will be live from the DNC in Philadelphia tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. If you'd like to check out her TV appearances that she'll be doing today, you can always find her work at LeslieMarshallShow.com or follow her on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. But in the meantime, we have a, a good friend of the show who is also live in Philadelphia from the DNC joining us, who's Michael Shore. He's the chief political correspondent for BitTorrent News. Formerly, Michael was a political correspondent for Al Jazeera America. Michael, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great, Mark. How are you doing? Now, so Leslie's here tomorrow, huh? Yeah, she'll be uh, she'll be on uh, Radio Row doing uh, doing some interviews. She's she's kind of running around like a, a crazy person trying to do both TV and radio. So we'll uh, we'll see how uh, how it goes. But I'm I'm sure she'll be excited to be there. It sounds like uh, a lot going on. You know, we've seen uh, obviously you know some some big uh, speakers tonight in uh, Senator Sanders and then uh, the First Lady Michelle Obama. But uh, as we've been talking about today, a lot of the attention, uh, you know, which, you know, the Democratic Party's not thrilled about, obviously, uh, has been focused on the past two days in the DNC email leaks and the uh, resignation of Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who now it sounds like uh, did not gavel in and or will be speaking at the convention, uh, which originally sounded like she still was going to try to do that. Is that the case? Yeah, there's there's no sign of Debbie Wasserman Schultz. As a matter of fact, Ed O'Keefe, a great reporter with the Washington Post, uh, has reported that she is negotiating, or I don't know, uh, I don't know why negotiating, but she is returning to Florida tomorrow uh, and trying to get her ticket to get out of here. And so, as far as uh, this convention goes, Debbie Wasserman Schultz is not a part of it, and uh, she will return home to Florida to to try and win her primary, and her primary is against uh, a Bernie Sanders' candidate, Ron Canova, in Florida. So uh, she's got a busy schedule, and it's not going to take her uh, here anymore, and I think it's probably wise. I, I likened it, um, you know, we're here in upstate New York, so you know all about uh, Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he steps onto the ice to award the Stanley Cup or anything else to the NHL, and it's booze start to finish. I think she would have run into that here, and it's probably just as well for the party and for the congresswoman not to have had that happen. Now, Michael, you know, we're also seeing, which this uh, story started to uh, gain more steam later in the day, that uh, more news is coming out. We actually just had Michael Isakoff on, who's the chief investigative correspondent for Yahoo sure. News, and, and he had a, an exclusive today uh, talking about how the breach of the DNC emails was bigger than originally thought and that it included a personal email of a staffer who was specifically researching Paul Manafort's ties to uh, the Russian-backed Ukrainian president, and she was talking with sources in Kiev, and that's when she got the notification from Yahoo that she had been hacked by uh, what was called a state-sponsored actor. Um, so it's bringing up, uh, you know, we're seeing the FBI investigate the ties. Uh, who did this hacking, and were they uh, connected uh, to the Russian government in some way? Um, has there been any buzz about that today in the second part of the day there at the DNC? Yeah, it started in the first part of the day and the second part of the day, and I saw Michael's reporting. And uh, it's you know a lot of a lot of people are most scared of come late October, early November, uh, the last days of the campaign. It's a tight race, and all of a sudden, a few more of these emails come out that in some way implicate Clinton or associates of Clinton in in a way 
that is maybe not direct and maybe not horrendous, but is brings up uh, the Achilles heel of, of Hillary Clinton, which, uh, according to polling that you know of, is, is her trustworthiness. And even if she had zero to do with it, if there's anything that is uncovered that is found to be particularly upsetting uh, to any voters who are on the fence about supporting Clinton, it's that the party. And, yeah, so they think that there's a lot more and they're going to, you know, I think in the interim time they're going to try and somehow, you know, pin it on the Russians and uh, and and sort of pin it on the notion that the Russians uh, do want Donald Trump elected, don't, and that's Vladimir Putin wants Donald Trump elected, and spin that into something that uh, another reason not to vote for Trump is that it's a vote for Putin. But that's a long way down, and Michael's reporting shows us that it's, it's pretty direct uh, in the way the way they're going after um, some of these emails. Now, uh, what I mean, have, we're going to obviously hear more about this, but what would, you know, if Robbie Mook is in charge of the Clinton campaign, what do you do something like this? I don't recall any time in especially, you know, presidential politics where a campaign has been faced with something similar to, you know, a, a potential hack and, and like of this, you know, of this nature, basically. And, and like you said, if, they, if they're planning on dropping it in, in uh, you know, in late October, early November, I, I guess the only, uh, you know, clear thing they can do is to try to hope that the FBI and their investigation can expose who these hackers are. And then maybe voters can get information as to what their motives would be, because if there's one thing Americans, you know, dislike more than some of the things they've read in these emails, it would be that, you know, Putin and Russia trying to meddle in our election, I would think. Yeah, I think that's just it. And that, you know, as I was saying before, I think they're going to try and use that as an advantage in some way. I think that one of the, uh, the key elements of this that, that everybody has to remember is that the average voter at this point with this story is not able to understand this story directly. And um, I, I don't think this is the kind of story that they delve into. Most voters don't know what the DNC is. Most voters don't know what hacking and that kind of a you know a controversy that the Russians hacking the DNC would somehow impact an American election. But if it gets to the point where it looks as if the Russians are meddling, and it can be just right, you know, put that way, meddling with our election, helping to elect someone else. That may prove to be distasteful enough that uh, that it can be it can become an issue with traction in the election. So, looking to the the convention and tonight, you know, as if there wasn't enough pressure on you know Bernie Sanders trying to unite his supporters and with Hillary Clinton and the party, um, you know, you pile this onto it, uh, you know, plenty of pressure on him in in, in that sense in in his goals there, but. Um, you know, he, as you saw today, was booed by some of his supporters at a rally uh, in Philadelphia uh, where he talked about uniting the party and voting for Hillary Clinton. And I thought he handled it very well. Um, I think the one thing that he keeps uh, consistent with in his message is that these are the issues that I care about and that you care about. And this is the candidate in Hillary Clinton who is fighting for them and then just simply contrast those with Hillary's opponent, Donald Trump. And, you know, basically getting back on message, getting back to what's important. And, and do you think that's more of what we're going to hear from the senator this evening? Yeah, I do. And I think that the booing is going to continue. Uh, senator Sanders just sent out a message uh, to his supporters saying our credibility as a movement will be damaged by booing, turning of backs, walking out or other similar displays. He wants to keep uh, this 
uh, his message on electing Hillary Clinton, or at the very least, you want to put it another way, not electing Donald Trump. And that seems to be where they are. Uh, but, this, you know, it's a blessing to the Democrats. It's not by accident that Bernie Sanders is speaking on the first night because uh, they want to get this out of the way. They know it's going to happen. They want it to be in the past. So by the time Hillary Clinton takes the podium, by the time Barack Obama takes the podium, Bill Clinton, Joe Biden, Michelle Obama, all these people take the podium, that's behind them. Whether or not it will be is, is unclear, but the, the energy is definitely palpable with the, the, the uh, Sanders people here, and they are not having any of Sanders uh, trying to sway them to support Clinton. Now, that's not all of them, but it's a loud enough number of them that it's going gonna, it's gonna to play tonight. I think that's one of the keys, Michael, is that, you know, even if it's not a majority, it's the loudest that are noticed. Um, you know, look, when you look at the polls, uh, you know, previously before these emails leaked, obviously, which, you know, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, you, you had about eight and ten people who voted for Bernie in the primary saying they would back Clinton. Uh, one in ten of those saying they would back Trump and then the other one in ten being undecided. Uh, looking, you know, at this convention, obviously these specifically are delegates. So as you said, these are people who are, uh, you know, very invested in, in the candidate that they're there for. Um, but obviously very important to also try to get unity because then they go back to their communities and, you know, engage with voters and, and try to have to, you know, work on getting the vote out. Uh, looking to the uh, speech tonight for the First Lady Michelle Obama, do we know at all what type of message she is going to be trying to uh, to give the people uh, of the United States who will be watching her this evening? You know, it's not a predictable message other than I suspect that she's going to uh, talk to women and, and what a good time it is to be a woman and how important it is to vote for women's rights. Uh, I, I imagine that will be a refrain of hers. But I think, you know, the unified party message is going to show up every single time someone takes that podium. I think you're going to hear the word unity and unified. And I think when it comes up, there's going to be a, a segment of this crowd. You also have to remember, it's a louder crowd, just simply by the virtue of the fact that there are more Democratic delegates than Republican delegates. I never understand how the Republicans don't catch on to that that every year the Democratic Convention seems much more boisterous and into it simply because they have more people. Well, it's going to be the same thing tonight, so that whenever anybody says unity or unifying, it's going to have its highs and lows of, of, uh, of support and, uh, of course, derision, depending on what side of the Bernie-Hillary uh, fence you're on. But I imagine that's going to wait, and I imagine Michelle Obama is not going to get interrupted that much and will actually give a speech that hits on issues that are, that are good to this crowd, which is women's rights and the rights of, um, of you know, African-Americans, certainly, and, and others. But, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be one of those speeches that everyone's going to be talking about constantly. Michael, I think one important point, which I think about myself, is which Bernie talked about maybe in that email, is basically the credibility of the movement is on the line here because everything that that bernie worked for to get in the platform that hillary clinton is now running under if you look at the actual platform as bernie said that you know he's called the most progressive plat democratic platform in history you look at the 15 dollar an hour minimum wage you you look at the college plan you look at the constitutional amendment that hillary clinton has called for in overturning citizens united 
this is where all of the work that he and his voters did, that's where it is now. It's in this platform. So if that platform under this candidate is not elected and instead you have uh, Donald Trump, who pretty much is on the other end of the spectrum on every one of those issues, not only is the, the credibility of the movement gone, but the actual goals of the movement are much further away from a position of power and getting something done than they would be uh, if you had Clinton in office instead of Trump. I mean, isn't that an important part of the message that should be driven home here? Yeah, I do. I, I think it is an important part of the message. And I think that's a frustration for Bernie Sanders is that, you know, Bernie Sanders, think about, you know, Mark, every time you watch a Senate candidate uh, uh uh, you know, concede a speech right on election night, whenever it is, and they say, "Oh, we made a difference. We didn't win, but we made a difference." You roll your eyes and you say, "No, you didn't make a difference. You made no difference. You lost the race, and you're not going to be the senator." Well, Bernie Sanders, in conceding his race to Hillary Clinton, made a difference. It's clear in this hall, and it's clear uh, on paper, right? And, and as you mentioned, uh, you know, so astutely in this platform. So I think that when you look at at his effect here and his his voters and his supporters look at his effect here, it is a curiosity to him and to others as to why they are not happy with more than just incremental gains. Uh, imperfect though they are. I mean, he didn't get everything he wanted on fracking or on, on TPP and trade issues, but he got so much. That's what a revolution is. That's what a movement is, certainly, is you chip away at what is there, and they more than chipped away this time. So it's a big frustration, I think, to Sanders and some of his supporters, and certainly to just about all of the, the Clinton, the diehard Clinton supporters, that that's happening. That they, they can't look at this and say, wow, this, this worked out pretty well. All right, we're going to take a break here, and we're going to be rejoined by Michael Schur after this commercial break. We'll go to your calls after that. Again, we are speaking with good friend of the show, Michael Schur, who is the chief political correspondent for BitTorrent News. Formerly, Michael was a political correspondent for Al Jazeera America. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael Schur. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S-H-U-R-E. Check out the website for BitTorrent. That's BitTorrent with two rs.com this is mark Romaldi in for leslie marshall and we'll be right back after this quick commercial break life liberty and the pursuit of truth the leslie marshall show 8886 leslie Good evening and welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall. Just a couple of minutes left with our good friend of the show, Michael Shore. We're going to take a quick call here. Let's go to Reggie in Georgia. Reggie, go ahead with your comment or uh, question. Yeah. Well, you know, well, you guys know that the uh, Republicans are going to criticize and attack the DNC convention. Uh, and I would love to see Tim Kaine go against Mike Pence. Yes, I would love to see Hillary Rodham Clinton go up against Donald J. Trump in the near future or sometime in the near future. How do you guys feel about that? Well, I think the debates, you know, are lining up to definitely be, you know, a strong and uh, interesting part of this campaign, especially with, you know, you see the, a personality like Donald Trump. Um, you know, have, have that's a very seems like a long time away from now, but I'm sure it's something that uh, the parties and, you know, that's going to be thought about, talked about here at the DNC. Um, have you given any thought to that yet, Michael, about the debates this fall? Well, 
I, I just just how boring the Tim Kaine uh, Mike Pence debate yeah. must be. Um, but no, no, it's a good point that your caller makes is that these debates may in fact be more decisive for a lot of people. If Donald Trump feels seems like he knows nothing, but it's also another situation in which Hillary Clinton, because of the standards that she's held to, has to you know. The, the bar is set pretty high for her, as it was with Barack Obama against Mitt Romney. You'll remember the first debate, Romney sort of exceeded expectations because the bar was low, and that's the kind of thing that could happen uh, again to Hillary Clinton. But there's a lot that has to happen before that. The polls have to settle, and the issues of this campaign have to be more defined between the two of these candidates. Michael, I know uh, you got to run here, so thank you so much for uh, joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, you can follow Michael's work. He's uh, live from the DNC in Philadelphia, as you heard there. You can follow him on Twitter, at Michael Shore. That's S-H-U-R-E. Check out the website of uh, the organization that he is the chief political correspondent for, which is BitTorrent News. You can check out their website, which is BitTorrent.com. That's B-I-T. T-O-R-R-E-N-T dot com. We uh, also just want to share that there's a little bit of uh, news out regarding the uh, leak from the DNC. Uh, The Democratic National Committee has officially apologized to Senator Sanders over emails about his campaign, uh, saying to his supporters in the entire party that the emails were inexcusable. Uh, Quote, on behalf of everyone at the DNC, we want to offer a deep and sincere apology to Senator Sanders, his supporters, and the entire Democratic Party for the inexcusable remarks made over email. These comments do not reflect the values of the DNC or our steadfast commitment to neutrality during the nomination process. The DNC does not and will not tolerate disrespectful language exhibited toward our candidates. Individual staffers have also rightfully apologized for their comments, and the DNC is taking appropriate action to ensure it never happens again. End quote. Uh, With that, we go to uh, our other caller on the line here, Michael in the Bronx. Michael, I know you wanted to comment uh, regarding the news today. Yes, absolutely. And this is very personal to me because um, apparently these, um, I knew, I just had a gut feeling it was connected to Republicans and maybe even Trump. And then I learned that these Russians are supposedly um, supporters of Trump. But it's also the same group. And I learned this from my local newspaper, New York Daily News. You go to nydailynews.com, and they supposedly have hacked my cousin's personal email. My cousin is a delegate, a congresswoman for the Democratic Party representing the Virgin Islands in the House of Representatives, Representative Stacey Plaskett. Now, if the name sounds familiar, she addressed um, the delegates in um and the par- both parties and the House of Representatives in the hearing against FBI agent Comey. And she had addressed and pretty much criticized and put her foot down against her Republican colleagues for the um, witch hunting, the smear tactics, the unprofessionalism. I'm just summarizing, but I know I put it on Leslie's page, and it's on YouTube. And she handled herself professionally and stuck with the truth and took um, Agent Comey said his word that this was a legitimate um, investigation and legitimate findings. So here we go two weeks later, and then they supposedly um, hacked into her personal um computer, her personal um, emails, and even exposing photos of herself, her husband, and her children. So wow. that's why it's very personal to me. You're messing with my family now. Well, you know, and, 
and I think that, like I was saying to our earlier guest, Michael, if there's one thing Americans, you know, dislike more than, uh, you know, some of the unflattering things that were found in these DNC emails, it would be if, you know, the Russian government or Russian state actors were seen as meddling with or trying to influence our elections. Um, you know, as we heard, the reporting from Michael Isakoff today uh, is showing that that's more likely of a connection. Now we have the FBI interviewing, uh, or excuse me, investigating this uh, leak and trying to find out if it uh, is connected to any Russian state-sponsored actors. So we uh, we will see tomorrow. Leslie is back live from the Democratic National Convention from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. I'll be with you from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Thank you very much to all of our guests who joined us on the show today and my assistant producer, Andrew Tomedy. This is Mark Grimaldi.